Good evening, everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Whitfield Report. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, broadcasting live here from NGC Studios here in South Florida, and I want to thank you so very much uh, for joining me here tonight, wherever you are in the uh, past, present, future hour, if you're listening to this on the podcast. If you're joining me live tonight, welcome uh, to everyone in the chat. As always, uh, you can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at somebodyburn.ndc and uh, at WhitfieldReport on Twitter, hashtag WhitfieldReport, and uh, Gab and mine at samwhitfield.com. And um, yeah, that's the website. Um, so, anyway, welcome to the show. We have a jam-packed, uh, show tonight, mostly regarding impeachment, and hello to everyone in the chat, and, uh, yeah, we have a lot of people in here already, so hello to, uh, to Johnny Arcade, hello to Apex Gamma, hello to Just Saying, uh, hello to El Jefe, uh, hello to Vincent Graham. Not sure if I've, I've if I've seen you before, but welcome, uh, nonetheless. And um, yeah, all right. So Merry Christmas to you all as well, uh, and Happy Hanukkah to our Jewish friends as well. The Jews. We'll 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 get to that a bit later. Um. But, um, anyway, we're here to discuss, uh, impeachment here tonight, since, uh, that is mainly what's been going on in the news. And look, first off, let's just get one thing straight, just because, uh, just because, uh, Trump is impeached doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to get, uh, removed from office. Okay. Sorry, Dems. I know that that's what you wish, but, uh, you know, that's not how impeachment works. It's, uh, it's not going to happen yet. Uh, and it, it's not going to happen in general because as soon as the Senate, uh, you know, gets the chance to vote on it, they'll, they'll basically throw the impeachment in the garbage. So, it's not going to happen, but uh, Andrew Clavin at the Daily Wire had a particularly great reaction uh, to the uh, impeachment hearings, and he had some footage of the, uh, you know, impeachment proceedings in the House that he played on his show that were pretty good. So, uh, we're going to start this clip off uh, from Andrew Clavin's show at the Daily Wire, his reaction and why this, uh, you know, impeachment is so... Uh, you know, ridiculous. I'll add my commentary, of course, afterwards. Uh, clip number one, let's roll the uh, tape here. So the rest of us are celebrating this peace and prosperity that has come with the Trump administration. There's just no question about it. It has been great. But Nancy Pelosi left her district in San Francisco, stepped over the homeless people littering the sidewalks. Maybe her chauffeur carried her to a car so she wouldn't step in the human uh, feces all over the place or, or maybe, you know, 
pierce her foot uh, on one of the syringes lying all over San Francisco. And, uh, and she went to the House to lead the impeachment of the president. And you know, you know, this was a very, very solemn moment. You could tell because every Democrat said so. We gather today under the dome of this temple of democracy to exercise one of the most solemn powers that this body can take. It's with solemn purpose today that I vote to impeach. Madam Speaker, uh-huh. it is with a solemn sense of duty that I write. Yeah, right. Madam Speaker, as we take this solemn, necessary step of impeaching President Trump. I rise on this solemn occasion. Sure. Impeaching the president is one of the most solemn and consequential. I cast this solemn vote for the many I'm, individuals I'm sure in my district. Way. Members of Congress swear a solemn oath to protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and today we fulfill our oath. Madam Speaker, I rise with a heavy heart to support this resolution. I rise today with a heavy heart. It is with a heavy heart, but a resolved one. Madam Speaker, it is with a heavy heart and a profound sense of the gravity of this moment that I rise today in support of the impeachment. Madam Speaker, I rise with a heavy heart. The two most difficult uh, votes any member of Congress ever has to cast to, to vote to go to war are to impeach. Today, as Speaker of the Nancy still does not look good at all. Her, her, her Botox job does not hold up. I mean, Michael Jackson's plastic surgery held up better. And it was god-awful in its day. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, you get the idea, you know, they're all supposedly solemn, right? It's, you know, it's so hard. Uh, El Jefe has a good, uh, has a good comment. Was that Elijah Cummings? I thought that dude was dead. Well, me too, uh, El Jefe. I, uh, I, I thought he was gone too now uh you know for those in for those watching on youtube don't misunderstand that's not me uh wishing him dead neither is it uh you know el jefe wishing him uh you know dead but we're just saying the guy's old so it's a bit of a surprise he's you know still around else i solemnly and sadly open the debate They were solemn. You could tell how solemn they were. And then, you know, they had two counts of uh, of impeachment. One was something and the other was something else. Uh, neither of them was a crime. Neither of them was an impeachable offense. But there they were. And when the first one, when they won the first vote and they actually got the impeachment, uh, here's here was the reaction. Article one is adopted. The question, the question is on adoption of Article two. Not everyone, not everyone got the uh, got the message. Uh, it's Schiff, Adam Schiff, and the House Intel Democrats were out, seen out celebrating and drinking at a, a fancy D.C. restaurant, Charlie Palmer. Uh, and here's Rashida Tlaib before the vote. Hey everyone, I am on my way to the United States House floor to impeach (laughs) President Trump on behalf of my incredible district, 13 District Strong. 
I hate millennial uh, congressmen, by the way. I mean, I get that, like, Instagram and Snapchat are, you know, a, a big, like, cultural thing right now, but... Like, I prefer, I prefer to keep that out of politics, like, on both sides. It's, it's cringy. Honestly. Uh, El Jefe with the great comments. I, uh, Grandma Nancy just gave them the angry eyes. Yeah, right. Yep. You said it. If if she were smiling anymore, she would break her nasty face. <laughs> I mean, a grin on this woman's face. The Washington Post, the WAPO uh, reporter, uh, Rachel Bade, sent out this picture of them all celebrating and laughing and high with with a uh, tweet that said, Merry impeachments, Merry impeachments. And then she, when everybody said, oh, so the Washington Post is just basically an anti-Trump vehicle uh, where democracy dies of boredom, uh, she t- pulls it down and she says, well, everybody misunderstood it to mean exactly what it obviously meant. <laughs> so this is very, very solemn uh, is impeachment. Oh, and now Pelosi, this is unbelievable. Pelosi is saying she may not hand the rules of impeachment over to the Senate because she wants to be able to negotiate with the Senate over the rules, which she has no right to do. The Senate can make its own rules. That's that just like the, the House made these incredibly unfair rules uh, where the president couldn't uh, call any witnesses or they could only call the witnesses they said he could call. And so she wants to hold this up. And, and on top of this, she gave a press conference today, and when they asked her, she said, I'm not taking any more questions on impeachment. So this is this solemn emergency, the, the fate of the House, the fate of the nation, Western civilization is at stake. It's all the, oh my gosh, it's, a, it's such a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, but uh, we're not talking about it. And I may not send it over to the Senate because uh, it's better political. I mean, who do they think they're fooling? I, you know, I have now spoken personally to three separate people who said I was a never-Trumper. Uh, but I'm voting for him now because this is absurd. That's a lot of people for one person to know who say this stuff, and I haven't talked to that many people. So it's pretty, it's pretty uh, wild what I think they're doing. I just think it is amazing. If you enjoyed this video, be sure. The question is, is your friend uh, Ben one of them, Andrew? I sure hope so. I, I, don't, I don't know if Ben Shapiro is never Trump uh, anymore. I know that he was during the uh, election, and I vehemently disagreed with him on, you know, that whole thing then, but hopefully he's, uh, you know, hopefully he's, you know, coming around to uh, Trump, at least that's what I hope so. Okay, that that's a lot better. Now the mic is actually leveled. Um, anyway, uh, so... It was hard to find excerpts of the uh, rally that Trump did the other night and um, in Michigan, and it was hard to find like key moments of his uh, reaction to the impeachment, but I found uh, one and kind of clipped it down a bit myself uh, from the Michigan rally. So here was Trump's uh, reaction to the impeachment. I, I didn't get to see this whole rally, but I got to see like a little bit of, uh, you know, the, the rally when it was on, I kind of tuned in and out of it, uh, on my iPad the other night. And, uh, 
I did see like a part of this and uh, this reaction was great. So this is Trump uh, talking about uh, the um, the impeachment. And uh, apparently I didn't have it queued up already. No worry though. Let me just go into my files here. And yeah, this is Trump's reaction to the impeachment during his uh, rally in Michigan. Uh, cut number. Uh, cut number two. Let's roll the uh, tape. Open. So I said in my letter to Pelosi, by proceeding with your invalid impeachment, you're violating your oath of office. You're breaking your allegiance to the Constitution. You're declaring open war on American democracy. You dare to invoke the founding fathers in pursuit of this election nullification scheme, yet your spiteful actions display unfettered contempt for America's founding and your egregious conduct. And listen, though, it's so true. It threatens to destroy what our founders pledged and, in fact, their very lives to build. You are the ones interfering in America's elections. You are the ones subverting America's democracy. We did nothing wrong, nothing whatsoever. This was just an excuse. You are the ones obstructing justice. You are the ones bringing pain and suffering to our republic for your own selfish, personal, political, and partisan gain. They're bringing pain. But what they've done with this perversion, it's perversion. And when you watch some of these people get up and speak today, they don't even look. Oh, you have violated the Constitution. Well, what has he done wrong? Well, we don't know that. <laughs> they don't even have any crime. This is the first impeachment where there's no crime. I say, tell me what I did, please. Well, we don't know. You violated the Constitution. You had Turley, who's smart, Alan Dershowitz, these guys, all of them. They say there's no crime. There's no crime, right? There's no crime. I'm the first person to ever get impeached and there's no crime. I, like, I feel guilty. You know what they call it? Impeachment light. It's impeachment light. That's why, you know, with Richard Nixon, I just see it as a very dark era. Very dark, very old. It's, you don't even like to think. I don't know about you, but I'm having a good time. It's crazy. But I also know we have a great group of people behind us in the Republican Party. We really do. Maybe I... He's not... This isn't the end of the clip, but I just have to say, he's not sweating uh, or breaking a sweat one bit. He's uh, still out there kicking ass and uh, taking names. And uh, my friend John Near, I said it best uh, one time on a stream that uh, Trump should be a comedian. He's really good at, at like working a, a crowd and he obviously has uh, fun. So um, anyway. Uh, hello to a storm of wrenches and, uh, to Natclo. Not sure why you guys aren't wrenched yet. Let me fix, let me fix that real quick. Hold on here.
Okay. Uh, moderator. Okay. Yeah, a storm of wrenches is good. Uh, and Natclo, I guess I already modded you. So, uh, but I never officially welcomed you to the mods. So, welcome to the mods. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Trump's not breaking a, a sweat at all. Uh, so far, continuing to work the crowd and just be jovial as always. I don't know if that's a word people still use, jovial, but hey, let's go with it, shall we? I feel the same way, but we have a great group of people behind us. We had it in the House and we have it in the Senate. They're doing a great job. So I'm not worried. I'm not worried because... It's always good. When you don't do anything wrong, you get impeached. That may be a record that will last forever. But you know what they have done? They've cheapened the impeachment process. And now, now anybody that becomes, you know, this was a, this is a sacred position. Anybody that becomes president, I mean, they could have a phone call and they get impeached. So if the Republicans, if you had a Democrat as president, we have a Republican House, they don't like the the guy, for whatever reason, or the woman, they impeach the person. It's cheapened it. It's exactly what our founding fathers didn't want, and they said it could happen, and it's happened. Yep. He's not wrong. But I know one thing. Americans will show up by the tens of millions next year to vote Pelosi the hell out of office. He's not wrong. So, yeah, this whole uh, impeachment thing is over the same old, uh, you know, it's over the same old shit, uh, as always. Uh, the, the Russia stuff, the Ukraine stuff, they, they always bring up, well, uh, Trump was asking Ukraine for uh, you know, dirt on Joe Biden, a, a political opponent. And, you know, that's not ethical. But then you look at what Joe Biden was supposedly involved with, with Ukraine, with his son, and, like, making crooked business deals while he was president or while he was vice president of the United States, I, I would say. And I'm kind of, I'm sitting over here and I'm like, Okay, the fact that you that you guys in the Democrat Party are more concerned about the fact that Trump like took a phone call about, you know, with the Ukrainian president about Joe Biden, supposedly, allegedly, we don't, we don't even know that that's really what it, the phone call was about. But that was what the Dem narrative was that he was, you know, trying to find her on Biden. Then you find out what the supposed dirt on Biden that Trump found out about was. And it's like, even if Trump did that, which I don't, you know, there's no evidence that he did and they're still trying to impeach him. But it's like, shouldn't you guys be at least like trying to ground Biden, you know, and take him out, take him down too? 
Uh, anyway, um, yeah, the, the impeachment is just absurd, uh, but Trump's approval rating the last time I checked was at 53%, so he's still, uh, doing good, and this is turning out to be a, a disaster for the, uh, for the Dems, uh, I will, I will share, I, uh, you know, as you guys saw in that clip that I played of, uh, Clavin, you know, all the Dems were acting like it was a big somber, uh, occasion, and then, uh, you know, they went off script and revealed that, um, You know, it it wasn't, uh, you know, a, uh, you know, it. They went off script and revealed that they weren't really somber about what they were doing. So, um, and for those of you asking, real quick, I because I just had someone DM me on Twitter. I have my Twitter DMs. If you guys are asking about Collins, uh, I'm not set up for to take Collins on this show. However, if I do an after show, wink, wink, uh, I might do a do a call in segment on the after show, but I'm not set up for it on this episode. Uh, anyway, as I was saying, uh, you know, the the Dems are sabotaging themselves uh, right now with um, this whole. Uh, impeachment thing. Their improvement rating is tanking. Congress's continues to. And, um, you know, Trump's is at, a, is at a solid 53%. Now, Rush Limbaugh appeared on uh, Fox and Friends uh, last weekend. I saw this clip on Sunday. And uh, I like... I like Rush. I've listened to him for years. Uh, most long, long time listeners know that uh, he was an inspiration of mine. I don't listen to him as much as I used to, even though I have the podcast subscription. His take on impeachment was really uh, good. So here is uh, Rush Limbaugh discussing impeachment on Fox and Friends here. Uh, clip number... Re-roll the tape. Well, the November job numbers just released, Look and they at are that. huge. Look at that. It was anticipated 185, 185,000. The job numbers, 266,000. Unemployment rate, now 3.5%. A drops a percentage point there from 36 uh, these numbers are astounding, wow. even for experts joining us now. One of those experts, Rush Limbaugh, conservative talk show host, the best in the business, maybe the best it ever was. Rush, first off, your reaction to those numbers. I think they're through the roof, aren't they? You know, what, what, if, if you had to give President Trump a legacy right now, you know, it would be peace and prosperity. What every voter goes to the voting booth on Election Day wants to achieve with their vote, peace and prosperity. Donald Trump, I think, is the only president in his short tenure, who has not started a war in order to create peace and prosperity. He's actually trying to draw us out of military conflicts we shouldn't be. So I think this is fabulous news, and it's once again going to illustrate the utter futility 
that the Democrat Party faces in trying to get rid of him. Absolutely, Rush. Uh, so it, when you look at those numbers and you look at what the Democrats say on the trail, they still talk about the economy, rebuild the economy, bring jobs back. They talk about forgotten industries. Joe Biden's talking about that in Iowa. How in the world do they run against a headwind of such economic success? They impeach him. They don't have anything to run on. They literally have nothing. They have sacrificed every bit of concern for the American people. They're making no bones about the fact they really don't care about the American people. The American people don't want the president impeached. The American people love the economy. Uh, yeah, Rush is absolutely right here. The, uh, the, this whole impeachment thing is a farce. The whole reason why the Dems are doing this, and I, I said this a few weeks ago, they don't have anyone, they don't have anyone to, uh, you know, run. They literally don't. Uh, all the candidates suck. Uh, the 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 candidate who I thought might have had a chance of, uh, you know, beating Trump uh, dropped out, and that was uh, oh Kamala Harris. I almost blanked on her name uh Lair rapshaw in the chat goes just how old are you sam uh 25 going on 42 uh larry to answer to answer your question or no i i'm i'm 24 going on 42 i will be 25 in january though in all in all seriousness but uh yeah, th so this impeachment thing continues to be an absolute uh, clusterfuck for the Dems. It, it's 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 the same old, same old. They're basically butthurt that he uh, got elected in 2016 in the first place. They've dragged uh, this whole Russian narrative and basically beating the dead horse uh, for the last three years. And, you know, now they've only slightly altered the course with, with Ukraine. And so... It's just absurd. And the fact that Pelosi is trying to, uh, you know, stall... The impeach is trying to, uh, you know, stall the Senate from doing their, uh, you know, job. I mean, she's trying to she's trying to manipulate the Senate. She knows that the Senate isn't going to uh, impeach, so now she's trying to screw with what they're doing, and and it just continues to be absolutely. Uh, absurd and uh, you know I don't feel bad at all uh, that you know the Dems are going to plummet after this in fact it'll be amazing once the uh, impeachment gets thrown out there's going to be a whole bunch of hand wringing in the Democrat party and uh, you know we're going to hear 
you know, endless remarks from Pelosi about, you know, how the Senate is being treasonous and yada, 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 all that stuff. But like I said, this is their desperate attempt to remove Trump because they don't have anyone who they can run against Trump. You know, you you can't, this was a big saying in 2016, but you can't, uh, you know, stump the Trump. So, um... Lair Abshaw, wondering how you could have been able to listen to Limbaugh for all those years. Um, well, I'll, you know, I'll take a, a brief detour, but, you know, long story short, during the, during the summers, uh, you know, I would go to work with my mom when I, when I was a kid, and uh, she sold plants because she had like a landscaping business for a while in Colorado and when she would go to job you know when she would go to jobs and clients during the summer I would you know go with her and in the car we you know she would have Limbaugh and Hannity and Levin and all those guys so you know I, I grew up listening to those guys and uh you know then around the time I became like you know 14, that was when podcasting came about, tried my hand at it, and uh, the rest is history. I did a more in-depth episode on all that, like, a few months ago, um, so, but yeah, that's just the little quick detour into my history. Um, so... Yeah. Merry Christmas, uh, you know, Dems. I guess you now you're just trying to, you know, ruin the holidays for the rest of us. Um Yeah. Add add in right, yeah, there, there's there's uh there's nothing yeah, Al Hefe, there there's nothing wrong with listening to Alra. Rush bow. So, um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, yeah, no, Lair, Lair was just asking why I'm, why I was so young and, and listening to, 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 to Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, that was it. That was, that was all, uh, I'll have But, um, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I was also a big history, history buff when I was a kid and, you know, current events. So that was like the one subject and well, I, I was, I was good at English, uh, and writing and history and stuff, uh, science somewhat, but I, I mainly sucked at math. So hence why I'm majoring in technical communications, a lot more writing. Uh, in college, I've always been, you know, better with stuff rather than with, uh, you know, calculus and all that abstract, you know, number stuff. Um, so, but, uh, you know, speaking of conservatives or quote unquote conservative, um, this is, this also is a bit hilarious. The uh, the conservative infighting 
continues. Or let me rephrase this. The uh, the conservative the conservative LARPing infighting continues, right? Uh, so apparently, uh, Nick Fuentes is now getting chewed out, uh, and rightly so, for harassing uh, Ben Shapiro. Uh, and, like, confronting him on the streets at Turning Point's, uh, you know, uh, Student Action Summit here in Florida. Which, by the way, some people were asking me if I was going to go to Student Action su Summit. And, uh, I had to reserve tickets, uh, or I would have had to reserve tickets during my final exams. Like, that was when I would have had to buy them, and, uh, I didn't have the time to buy them, and, uh, you know, saying, uh, even, even with, like, a student discount, they're still pretty expensive, and, uh, yeah, I know, I mean, I know I live here in Florida, but it's all the way up in, like, West Palm Beach, and, you know, you've got, you guys know my feelings about Turning Point, like, I'm not a major fan of Turning Point to begin with. Um, but with that being said, um, I'm not a Nick Fuentes fan either. And so the fact that, you know, he may, he basically made an idiot of himself, uh, trying to confront Ben here. So, uh, this has gotten a bunch of reaction and, uh, I want to play it for you. No way! Wow, here he is. Keep pose on you. Ben Shapiro. Keep pose on you. Let's let's hit the team. Right, well, hit, hit. Team pose on you. Hey man, we're about wow. All right. What do you think about Ben Shapiro? He's not drinking enough adrenochrome if this is happening right now. <laughs> so if you don't know, we're here outside of Turning Point USA conference where Nick Fuentes. I uh, was kicked out after trying to enter, and we also have uh, Andy No here yeah, yeah, yeah. documenting, and we are running into Ben Shapiro apparently. Uh, what's, are you going to walk across and greet him? Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, well, I don't know. I don't know if he'll greet me. Are we going to go over? Let's this go. Is over. All right. This can't be in the middle of the street, though. We'll, we'll keep going. Oh, okay. Ben. It's great to see you. Why did you give a 45-minute speech about me at Stanford? And you won't even look hey, at me. Hey, 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 he's with his kids. Come on, I'm hey, right hey. here. Oh, <laughs> hey, 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 let him cross. Let him cross. I know you're with your family, but I can't get to anywhere else. A 45 minute speech? Wow. Well, that's, that's our free speech warrior, everybody. Champion of the battle of ideas. Okay, now I want to pause this clip here. I mean, it, it's almost over, but first off, Nick acts like he was just, uh, you know, that. It was just coincidence that he, you know, bumped into Shapiro, right? But 
someone had to have like let him know where uh you know ben was staying uh you know what hotel he was at there there was no way that this wasn't uh coordinated somewhat right so you know i don't believe that uh nick just you know coincidentally bumped into uh you know ben and his family while he was you know surrounded by a by a film crew okay that's the first thing um you know second off and this this is one of the things that's always kind of rubbed rubbed me the wrong way about uh you know fuentes and again i've i've defended uh fuentes uh, in terms of like saying that he shouldn't be deplatformed, and you know, yeah, he, ha- he has his right to his free speech, but that doesn't mean I have to like him or you know, even agree with him. But you know, what he, what he basically does is, he's one of these, what I like to call edgy boys, who likes to make like the the who likes to make some of the most extreme comments possible, right? Like, he'll make comments about the Jews, but he'll muddle down just a bit so that it doesn't sound, like, blatantly anti-Semitic. And then when you call him out, he'll basically go, like, (gasps) I didn't actually say that. Like, he'll, you know, so he's trying to make himself look like the victim here and like, you know, Ben's just bullying him when Ben Shapiro actually has some fair grievances about Fuentes. But, you know, even at that, what you don't do is you don't confront someone when they're with their family. Uh, Going back to, you know, the hotel. And I mean, I, I've seen people say stuff on Twitter like, well, Ben just brought his family, uh, you know, here to Florida because he knew he would confront Nick Fuentes, and so he was using his family as a shield. It was just to avoid, you know, Nick Fuentes. Uh, no, dipshits. Florida's a big tourism uh, state, especially during the holidays. Uh, people come from all over the country, you know, for, for, for the holidays and, and for Christmas. And yeah, I mean, I, I get that, you know, Shapiro was doing a turning point event. I get that he was a speaker, but like, you know, still people like to bring their families, you know, here on, on vacation too. There, there are several like business people you know, who do work here in Florida, who bring their families, you know, with them as kind of like a mini vacation, especially in the area where I'm at, uh, here in Florida. So it's not that un- uncommon. And, you know, if, if anyone thinks that, you know, Ben Shapiro simply brought his family, you know, to, to insulate himself from, uh, you know, Nick Fuentes, they're del- they're delusional um, as to how important Nick Fuentes actually is. 
So then, uh, I, I love this part. So this is the part that not a lot of people have seen. Uh, you know, the confrontation has been shared like on YouTube and Twitter, but this is the one part that not a lot of people have seen. I'll play for you. Okay, that that lady right there is absolutely right too. Um, so for those of you listening on the auto podcast, right, Nick basically you know does that whole setup where he you know he stages just bumping into Shapiro. Shapiro crosses the street with his family and it and ignores him. Uh, Nick continues to walk the ho- to the hotel, uh, you know, and he, now he's continue now he's just continuing to like loiter on the hotel grounds. And what you're about to see made me grin from ear to ear the first time I, I saw it. This is the only time we can get him is when he's crossing the street and he uses, I guess he's just like the Palestinians using human shields, right? So basically, hotel security came out, and and a lot of people on social media are are like, oh, well, a lot of the gripers, I should say, are like, well, well, why did hotel security come out? Uh, because I mean, this is the guy who has kind of been like, you know, harassing Shapiro and harassing Charlie Kirk again and again. As I've said numerous times in the past, I'm not a fan of uh, of Charlie Kirk necessarily, or of you know Turning Point. Though I like what some of their chapter leaders are do are doing and what their individual chap chapters are doing. It's more of the uh, it's more of Turning Points, like you know. Uh, I guess executive level that I have trouble with, but there are lots of great chapter leaders uh, individually across the country. Especially, uh, shout out to my uh, buds uh, Alex and Sean who run the uh, Turning Point USA chapter at Penn State. Hosts of Real News Versa Media uh, News Network. They've been on the podcast three times this year. Uh, those guys are great, and um, you know, I've like I said, if Nick weren't so snarky, I wouldn't have a problem with what he. I wouldn't have a problem with him as much. Um. The way you handle that, first of all, right, if if Nick is so influential, right, as people say he is, he should be able to email uh, Ben's 
publicist or his, you know, assistant, or email him directly and say, hey, I felt that you misrepresented me. Um, can we discuss uh, this, you know, one-on-one? -on -one? Can we have a debate? That's how you, uh, that's how you ask Shapiro to, to a debate. You don't, uh, you know, come at him on the street and say, Ben, you know, why won't you, why won't you debate me, uh, and make like a 45 minute speech? And again, I'm not even saying you have to like Ben Shapiro, um, you know, to admit that what Nick did is cringe. So, um, you know, I, I, I love the fact that the alt-right is starting to consume itself. I, I, I really am. It's, uh, great. And, and yes, Sean, I, I did say, uh, Penn State, you guys are, uh, doing great work. Uh, Sean and the, uh, Versa Media crew are doing, uh, great work, so let me go into the, uh, chat here on YouTube, and this is way overdue. Welcome to the mod, guys. Um... <clears throat> yeah, uh, Evil Eric has a, has a great comment. By the way, I found that you can pin comments on the, uh, live stream, which I like. Evil Eric says, uh, Ben had no choice but to walk away. I can't imagine having that kid can confront me in front of my child. Ben's ability to walk away is admirable, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, especially considering, like, I I have a pretty good, I'm pretty even-tempered, um, but Nick is one, Nick is one of the people that just, you know, he, he irritates me enough that, like, obviously I would never uh, attack him physically, but he would get an earful from me if he confronted me on the street for no reason um anywho so it's it's funny and look for those people who are like well well you're just a Ben Shapiro fanboy because you interviewed him uh, and it's and it's like look I've disagreed with with Ben Shapiro, he, here's the whole thing with, with Ben Shapiro, because the Gripers love to give me shit about interviewing Ben Shapiro, right? So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save us all some time, and I'll, I'll get the insults out of the way. I know what you guys are gonna say. Oh, uh, you're a, you're a Jew lover. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I have Jewish friends, nothing wrong with that. Um, yes, I did interview Ben Shapiro, 
Shapiro. Uh, no, I do not work for Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro does not pay me. Uh, look, when I interviewed him, I was I was 17 years old. Uh, I interviewed him about the late Andrew Breitbart, uh, who was a hero of mine, which more than half of the half of these kids that are doing this, uh, you know, whole YouTube game now. Uh, yeah, Nick, I just called you a kid. Uh, don't even know who Breitbart is anymore. I mean, I might be a crusty old man, but, uh, I might be a crusty old boomer, as some of you guys would like to say, but, um, you know, uh, at least I have some, some experience, and at least I know who, you know, the greats are in, in our movement, and you... I, you sir are not one of them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a filth, I'm a filthy, uh, Jew lover. Jo Johnny and, uh, a storm of wrenches are absolutely right. So, uh, yeah, Whitfield, <laughs> backwards, spell a Zionist. Uh, you could, uh, Johnny, you could post that to uh to social media and the gripers would totally believe you. Um but anyway, yeah, I mean even some of the people that like don't agree with Ben Shapiro or like Ben Shapiro, even they agree that this is that this was cringy of Nick to do. So like I said, that meltdown was hilarious. Also, speaking of hilarious meltdowns, uh, I know I said that I would cut back on Owen Benjamin commentary, and I have, but a prediction of mine came true regarding uh, Owen. Uh, back in back in February, once. Uh, Back in February, I said that, o that Owen would uh, come out against Trump and would turn against Trump. Uh, the Bears said that I was wrong about that. And, uh, you know, uh, looks like, well, looks like I was right. I, I hate to brag, but I, w I was right. The turn against Trump from Owen has officially happened. So uh, I, ca I called this months and months and months ago, back in February. I can't remember which episode, but I, I know for sure I called it. Um, so anyway. Um, Owen Benjamin, actually, this clip is from our good friend Apex Gamma friend of the show, shout out to him, uh, Owen Benjamin, Obama didn't deplatform me, Trump did, again, I, I just, this is almost exactly how I predicted, uh, Owen's turn against Trump would happen, almost word for word, what I had said would happen, so, I'm ecstatic about this. <laughs> I've known about this for a while. You realize that they 
will not help you. He ran against immigration and there's never been more. Exactly. He ran against censorship. There's never been more attacks ever against the conspiracy truth community. Under Obama, there was not this deplatforming. There was not this amount of... I wasn't kicked off uh, Twitter under Obama. I wasn't kicked off YouTube under Obama. I wasn't kicked off Facebook under Obama. All under Trump. Okay, Owen, you were you were a Democrat back when uh, back when Obama was president. You were you were a liberal Democrat through and through when Obama was president. And I mean, yeah, the sun the, the censorship wasn't as bad back then. You're right, but that's not Trump's fault, right? And so not only is he not helping, he's, he's like everything has gotten much, much worse in the quote unquote truth community under Donald Trump. He has not signed one order to tell Silicon Valley that they can't uh, deplatform people like me. What he just signed shows that he can sign orders that'll make it so you're not allowed to criticize Jews. Under President Barack Obama, I never was kicked off any social media. You could post videos all day long about the nature of the earth and you can criticize Israel and all this stuff. Under Trump, it's all changed. Oh yeah, and there was never red flag laws under Barack Obama. Never. I, I now understand what it is. Like you put up a guy like Trump and then... Uh, that is only because the Republican Congress fought Obama tooth and nail uh, when Obama wanted to implement red flag laws, Owen. Now, believe me, I'm not saying that Obama is great, that Trump is great on red flag laws either. That is the one area where Trump has faltered. But Obama, if he had his way, wouldn't have been that great either. So, uh, you know, in fact, when Ben Shapiro debated Pierce Morgan, um, over gun control back in 2012, that was one of the things I asked Ben about in my interview. That was around that whole time. And we talked briefly about how Obama wanted, wanted gun, gun control. Again, this man has no, has no, uh, you know, concept. So... He's like our guy. Oh, he'll he'll criticize. Uh, oh, and vaccine laws have gotten way worse under Trump. Like all this shit that he ran on, nothing he's done. And it's like, th think about the news has gotten more crazy. You know, everything is revolved around him. It's everything's revolved around his fake impeachment, nonstop. So, again, Owen, that is not. Uh... That's not Trump's fault. That is the media's. That is the leftist media's uh, fault. And crazy alt-right, you know, nut jobs like you who make the right look bad. Right? And then they try and pin your BS on Trump. 
And so that's, you know, that's why the left is, is that's why the left is obsessed with Trump. And, and they're upset that he's, that he's anti-establishment too, and whatnot. Just, that's it. And I don't care because I've known for a long time that Barack Obama was not here to help black people and Donald Trump is not here to help Americans. And it's like, that's, that's just reality. Sever. I, I now understand what it is. Like you put up a guy like Trump and then he's like our guy. Oh, he'll, he'll criticize. Uh, oh, and vaccine laws have gotten way worse under Trump. He'll criticize what? He'll criticize. Were you about to say Trump will criticize Jews? That's what a lot of these, these alt-right people seem to think that Trump was going to do. I, I will admit that there was a contingency of the right that did think that Make America Great Again was, you know, some, like, you know, white nationalist thing. But the vast majority of us, uh, and what Trump meant when he said Make America Great Again was Make America's Economy Great Again. Make America's, you know, Spirit Great Again. Um, yeah. Uh, Johnny Arcade has a great comment. Owen always hated Trump. I have a special video about this. Um, yeah, which I think I have played that before. Uh, I know I have that in my file archive somewhere. Um, but I guess this is just like an, a, a this is kind of like an add-on to that, Johnny, because when I played your video on the show, that was when all the bears were like, were like well, well, that was a long time ago. Uh, Owens changed, and he won't turn against, you know, Trump. And I'm like, eh, wait for it. It will definitely happen. And uh, lo and behold, folks, it did. Like, all this shit that he ran on, nothing he's done. And it's like, the, think about the news has gotten more crazy. You know, everything is revolved around him. It's Everything's revolved around his fake impeachment, nonstop. So, just, that's it. And I don't care because I've known for a long time that Barack Obama was not here to help black people and Donald Trump is not here to help Americans. And it's like, that's, that's just reality. So what do you do? Do you get sad? Do you watch your pornos? Do you do your methamphetamine? No. Do you stop having kids? No. The whole reason this is happening is because people aren't having their fucking babies. Donald Trump is, is pushing to make it so no one can recognize the Armenian genocide. Why? Because the people you're not allowed to criticize were the causes of the Armenian genocide. It wasn't, quote unquote, Muslims. Yes, it was. Yes, the uh, I, and I don't want to get around the the, uh, the Ottoman Empire, the whole Armenian genocide. But yes, Owen, the uh, the Armenian genocide happened because of the Ottoman Empire, which was predominantly can you know made up of uh, radical Muslims. So yeah, it it was. Uh, and it's like they'll, they'll try and keep silencing forever. 
And the reason Trump can get away with all this silencing is because he makes people like us think he's our guy. He's not. Trump doesn't help anyone getting kicked off YouTube. He doesn't help anyone getting kicked off Twitter. It's gotten dystopian. Okay, it's not... Uh, and look, I've been a guy who has, you know, said that Silicon Valley is out of control. Like, believe me, I, I, I get that, you know, like, legitimate conservatives like myself have been concerned about big tech. Uh, Joe Rogan, who's not a, a, who's not like a hardcore conservative, he's more of like a libertarian, he's been concerned about censorship. Alex Jones, another conservative, has been concerned about censorship. There, there are a lot of people who are uh, concerned about censorship. Trump is, uh, too. But, we're kind of in a sticky situation here because no one necessarily wants to, you know, legislate uh, private corporations and, you know, whatnot and private companies because that opens a whole slippery slope. That's the whole issue here, Owen. And besides, the reason you got banned from all these platforms was because you repeatedly broke terms of service. This is the other thing I love about, you know, uh, the alt-right, but Owen in particular. A lot of them are like, well, why did we get deplatformed? Uh, you know, I only, in, in the case of Owen, I only said uh, nigger on Twitter uh, 50,000 times. I only intentionally uh, provoked them to ban me. And it's like, and now you get now you're complaining that they ban you. Anyway, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, but anyway, I guess the ultimate point I was trying to make with this clip is uh, yeah, I was right. in the social media world. What's Trump done? He signed an executive order, had nothing to do with building the wall, had nothing to do with putting Hillary Clinton in jail, and had nothing to do with anything. And then his keynote speaker was Alan fucking Dershowitz, a guy who has just been accused by a bunch of kids that he fucked them. All right, now let's continue looking at vacuums, because this... Oh, that's, that's, that's the best part of this clip, too, is the fact that, like... Owen also makes like a, like a pretty stag staggering, um, you know, he makes like a pretty staggering uh, uh, accusation that Alan Dershowitz uh, molested kids, right? He, he goes at the end of the clip, Trump's bad and Alan Dershowitz raped children. <laughs> now let's go. Now let's go back to talking about vacuums, guys. It's like, what? Where Where do you go? How do you go from, uh, from talking at, like, you know, how bad Trump is to just randomly transitioning, transitioning to vacuums? Uh... Uh, anyway, what, 
watching his uh downfall, I will admit it has been been one of the great uh you know pleasures of uh twenty nineteen. Right? This this year started off with uh, you know clearing uh you know the the with clearing Johnny's name and with clearing uh Gabe's name right of the whole gummy incident we did that you know pretty successfully and then the rest of the you know time it's just been watching the you know the the inevitable spiral of of Owen and it's been it's been amusing it's been fun to watch so uh you know I guess kind of in conclusion of the uh of the show what have what have we learned tonight what have we learned tonight well we learned that a the dems are uh you know continuing are continuing to dig a hole uh you know for themselves and they're not gonna get the impeachment that they want um you know it's the Dems aren't going to get what they want. The alt-right is crumbling. Uh, you know, Nick Fuentes really made an ass of himself. Everyone agrees. And Owen Benjamin is crazy. So, it's great because, like, all of the people who annoy me are self-destructing at the end of this year. And it's glorious. It really is. But, um, anyway, folks, I think that'll do it for, uh, tonight's show. I'll probably have an after show here in a bit, so if you guys want to stick around, uh, on YouTube, stay tuned. I might get, you know, Apex and some of the crew in here if they're interested. Uh, you know, stay tuned on Twitter and I'll announce it there. But uh, if I do do an after show, if not, though, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to wish you a merry, uh, merry Christmas, all of you, happy, uh, you know, Hanukkah uh, too, and uh, whatever Muslims celebrate, you know, I guess happy holidays to you. Um, this will be the last show before you know Christmas, but it won't be the last show. Uh, before the end of the year, so, um, yep, I want to thank you all for tuning in, and from all of us here at NGC Studios, good night, God bless, and God save this great nation, and Merry Christmas to you all. Hey there, folks. If you've made it this far to the end of the podcast, I'd like to thank you very much for listening to the show. You are the ones that make it possible for me to uh, make an income from podcasting, and I greatly appreciate that just by listening to our show. You are helping us gain ad revenue. However, if you would really like to uh, help support the show, I encourage you to please donate to the podcast and become a supporter of the show 
you can head over to anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield Report and click the support this podcast button and uh, choose the amount that suits you to support the show. Or you can click the link in the show notes and it will directly uh, take you to that page. If you can support the podcast, I really, really appreciate that. Anything that you can do to uh, help out is greatly appreciated. Even if you can't afford to uh, help financially support the podcast, I encourage you to please go on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and please leave this podcast a positive five-star review. That really helps us out here at the Whitfield Report. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next episode.